0: what's up everybody chris here from chris gates fitness i am back with another episode thank you for tuning in what we're going to be talking about today is sleep and specifically a sleep routine that works Uh, a large part of getting good sleep comes from your routine and uh actually if i can back up everything about getting good sleep comes from your routine so Since a sleep routine is so crucial for transitioning your body from being awake to being asleep and vice versa, what we're going to talk about today is five different key points that can help you put together a sleep routine that works. And then we're going to outline a hypothetical situation where you could put in a specific sleep routine to get better sleep. We're going to outline a model that I built uh, that you could potentially use or bend it a little bit to make it specific to you uh, and have it work for you on a day-to-day basis. So we're going to dive into all of that here real quick. But before we do, as always, I like to remind everybody that I am an online fitness coach. What I do is I work with people across the country uh, based on whatever their fitness or nutrition goals are. We combine fitness, nutrition, mindset, things like sleep, all of this together uh, to build customized programs for people that work uh, and you know walk you towards whatever the goals may be that you have. Your goal could just be, hey, I want to feel healthy on a daily basis. Got a lot of people that want to do that. So we put together fun routines that are sustainable, enjoyable over the long term. We combine that with a nutrition program that works to help you maintain your weight, or if you wanna lose weight, build muscle, build strength, whatever you wanna do, uh, we can put that together. My goal is to help teach people as much uh, quality information as I can so that you can use it over the long term uh, in your own day to day, long after we've worked together. So if if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, Hit up my website chrisgatesfitness.com. You find a coaching page uh, that outlines what I do, the coaching services I offer, uh, and you can also contact me on the site. We could talk about, you know, potentially what a what program might work for you, what we could put together to work you towards whatever goals that you have. Um, You're listening to the podcast, so please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. If this is your first time listening, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If there's somewhere else you listen to podcasts and you want to hear this there, please let me know. We'll get it set up. But uh, yeah, if you could head over, hit subscribe, hit follow, Uh, and if you could leave a comment, or rating, or review, we'd really appreciate that as well. The video episodes of these podcasts go on my YouTube page and my. Uh, or my YouTube channel and my Facebook page. So uh, you can head over there, hit subscribe, hit follow, uh, hit like, and uh, you'll get the video episodes of these as well. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm everywhere on social media. So Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, I mentioned YouTube. Uh, Just search for Chris Gates Fitness and, and you'll find me there. So, all right, with all that said, let's dive into the topic of the day. Like I said, it's going to be where we are building a fitness routine that works for you. Okay, so we talk a lot here about how important routines are, and and normally we're focusing specifically on fitness or nutrition, um, but healthy habits lead to a healthy lifestyle. You know, no, no matter what you're thinking of with whether it's your workouts, the food that you're eating, and like I said in this case, uh, what your sleep habits are like. So if you change your habits from Snacking on candy to snacking on fruit—what's likely to happen over time? You're probably gonna have an easier time managing your weight uh, if you can establish a fitness routine that works for you, uh, you can enjoy it and do it consistently. Well, it's probably gonna become part of your lifestyle, and it's probably gonna be easier to achieve the fitness goals that you have. Uh, again, if, if weight management's your thing, it's probably gonna be easier to manage your weight over time because you're gonna know what to do in the gym. Sleep is just like this—if you can establish a routine and stick to it over the long term you're likely gonna find that your sleep quality and the duration, the amount of sleep that you get on a daily basis, the, you'll find that those improve over time. But I do wanna make it clear that it's it's no easy task and and neither is the fitness and, and or nutrition pieces to this puzzle, e, those aren't easy either, right? You know, um, if you don't work out or if you don't enjoy it, it can be a really arduous task to try and navigate your way to something that you enjoy so that you can do it consistently. And, you know, if nutrition, that's a tough thing for people, too. So it's the foods that are bad for you are really tasty most of the time. And it's, it's hard to wean yourself off of those and find things that are healthier and work towards your goals. So all of this stuff is is difficult sleep. Is also difficult. In many ways, we're not conditioned to do a lot of the things I'm about to outline in the recommendations and the routine that I map out for you. Uh, The typical American workday, the stress that comes with it, um, that stuff often throws our day out of whack. The distractions that we have at home continue to make things difficult. You got your phone, your iPad, your laptop, the flat-screen TV in your living room. It's easy to find things that keep your attention Uh, And in turn, at night, you know, those things keep you awake. So what we're going to dive in is really going to be rooted in self-discipline and consistency. It's got to be, none of this is going to work for you. None of the things that I'm about to outline are going to work for you if you're not committed to making it work. So self-discipline and consistency are the, the theme throughout all of this. So as I map through... You know, specific recommendations and talk about specific items, understand that those all are within the lens of being consistent and having that self-discipline. The routine and the habits that I'm about to talk about, uh, they, they actually mirror a lot of what I did personally to, to find my way to better sleep. Uh, quite honestly, I had a long period of time in my life where sleep was a really, really big issue. Um, So I can relate to anybody that has sleep as a really, really big issue. And the good news is you can work your way out of it 100%. You can do it. Again, I mentioned self-discipline, consistency. Those are going to be very, very big pieces. Um, But it took an entire lifestyle shift for me to go from very poor sleep to very good sleep. Uh, But I will tell you I'm more energized now than I was in my 30s, than I was in my 20s. Um, I'm I'm happier, I'm healthier, I'm stronger, my training is better, my nutrition is better, and I'm getting better sleep now as a parent uh, than I did when I was single. So that's often not the case for a lot of people. Uh, Again, putting that self-discipline into place, putting that consistency every day into place can really pay off with these recommendations about to dive into so let's not delay it any longer let's dive into uh, the routine uh, that i recommend and we'll start with five different parts of the routine that we and we'll piece them all together and land on a routine at the end of this all right so routine part number one is waking up in the morning and it's easy to think of sleep as a nighttime routine So when you wake up and what you do when you wake up probably isn't the first thing that comes to mind when you think about, okay, how do I get a better sleep routine? Uh, but it truly does start in the morning. Um, the sleep routine should start when you start your day because your body is conditioned to want to go to sleep and wake up around the same times every day. And you can transition your body from, you know, waking up, too late to waking up earlier, but you have to do it over time. And we'll talk about that a lot throughout this podcast episode in that um, none of this is going to happen quickly, but you can make these changes and see them make an impact over time with consistency. So going to sleep around the same time every night and waking up around the same time every morning is going to help condition your body to do just that. Wake up at the same time and go to bed at the same time every day. And uh, that's what takes time your body takes time to adjust. It also takes you time to, you know, really get into that rhythm and and mentally commit to it. Um, but you should wake up on time every day, the same time with a purpose. And I know what you're thinking. This is the feedback I get from anybody I mention this to is when do I sleep in? Are you saying I can't sleep in on the weekends? Well, (laughs) essentially, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because if you set up a sleep routine that works, you'll be getting all the sleep you need every night of the week. So there is no need to sleep in on the weekends or anything like that. You'll be getting seven, eight, nine hours of sleep a night. So you can wake up at the same time every day because you go to bed at the same time every night and you're disciplined with it. So if you set up wake and sleep times that get you to bed and asleep for an adequate amount of time, you shouldn't need extra sleep on the weekends. You shouldn't need those days where you sleep until noon. It just shouldn't be necessary. Uh, So start your day on time every single day. That is routine part number one uh, that I recommend. When you wake up on time is up to you. Uh, When you go to bed on time is up to you, and and we'll dive into that as we get deeper into this discussion, Um, but wake up and wake up with a purpose and do it on time. Routine part number two uh, is a big one, and it's probably, it's probably disliked just as much as the one where I told you you can't sleep in. Um, It is centered around caffeine and alcohol. Two things most people love. Uh, For some of you, it won't be an issue. Some people don't like caffeine. I think the people listening to this podcast, or if you want to read uh, more about this topic, there's an article on my website about uh, a sleep routine that works. That's the the title. Um, Chances are you're not still listening to the podcast or you haven't read the article because if you don't really like caffeine you're probably not having sleep i mean people that don't drink caffeine can not have sleep issues but it's much more likely in people um that have you know the caffeine addiction that i share with all of you so um it's okay it's okay to have caffeine to have a part of your day every day. I have no problem with that. There's nothing wrong with that, but it does need to be dialed in. It does need to be controlled so that the the caffeine that you consume doesn't negatively impact your body later in the day when you want to go to sleep. I've already outlined a ton of information um, about caffeine and alcohol, uh, and specifically caffeine in, I have an article on my guide to caffeine training and nutrition can find that article on my website, chrisgatesfitness.com, um, if you want to learn more. But I'll, I'll summarize the key points there that apply to this discussion. And first and foremost, they are, you should figure out approximately how much caffeine uh, you consume a day. This is very important, and it's something I don't think a lot of people think about. We think about calories. We think about protein, but we don't think about how many milligrams of caffeine are you consuming each day? How many milligrams of caffeine are in the cup of coffee that you pick up at Starbucks? I hate to say it, but it's probably a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Understand what, you know you chugging a pot of coffee means numerically in terms of how much caffeine you consume uh, i don't recommend that anybody consume much more than 300 milligrams a day for me that's two cups of coffee in the morning and then a pre workout supplement before i train every day for you it could be any com- combination of things but think about that 300 milligram number that's that's pretty much where i set the the bar at the, the top level of, of what I think anybody should have a day. Uh, part of why this is so important is because caffeine has something called a half-life and the caffeine half-life is that around five to six hours, that's the half-life of caffeine, just about um, approximately five to six hours after you have a cup of coffee or drink something with caffeine in it, uh, you'll still have half of that caffeine circulating your bloodstream. So, for the afternoon coffee drinkers, this is a huge problem. And if you're an afternoon coffee drinker and you have sleep issues, hey, we might have just identified something that can fix your problem. Personally, I recommend uh, i recommend to anybody that you cut your caffeine intake off at noon. At the very latest, 2 to 3 p.m., but really, I think it should be noon. Um, so, if you cut your caffeine off at noon, you'll certainly be in the clear around 10 p.m., 11 p.m., whenever you set your bedtime. Um, Set a caffeine cutoff point. Uh, And while you're at it, let's monitor alcohol consumption as well because we do know that alcohol is yet another drink that really can negatively impact the quality of your sleep. More than a drink or two is likely to cause problems. Sometimes I know it feels like alcohol can help you kind of transition and wind down from a day that helps you go to sleep. Depending on how much alcohol you consume, you may be closer to sedating yourself than actually getting quality sleep. So sure, you could be out for a night, but you're uh, you're interrupting the rhythms that your body wants to go through to go from light sleep to deep sleep to REM sleep, you know, and and get the recovery that your body is looking for both mentally and physically. Um, I've written an article on this topic. Uh, It's my five tips to improve your sleep. In there, I cited a 2013 review study that said at all dosages, alcohol causes a reduction in sleep onset latency a more consolidated first half of sleep and an increase in sleep disruption in the second half of sleep. So you can't and you shouldn't rely on alcohol to help you get to sleep. That's just not, that's just not good practice. And you can't and shouldn't consume too much alcohol too close to your bedtime. So with alcohol and caffeine, just don't create unnecessary hurdles for yourself if sleep is an issue. Sleep routine, part number three, is one I love, is that, hey, you should be exercising every day. That's right. Exercise can be beneficial for better sleep, and better sleep can be extremely beneficial for exercise. Uh, I released an article on performance impact of sleep on training, and and I think you should really check that out um, if you haven't already, but overall, you can and should exercise daily. It will absolutely help you to get better sleep. There aren't many restrictions or recommendations I have on, hey, you should do this exercise at this time of day, and that's going to help you sleep. No, it doesn't really work that way. You know, probably you should avoid sleep within an hour or two of your bedtime, but other than that, man, go outside, go to the gym, get some exercise in, get the blood flowing. It's going to help you when you lay down and try to go to sleep at night. Okay, routine part number four is power down. This is one that's gonna be extremely difficult for most people uh, as our lives tend to revolve around technology. This may be even more difficult than the caffeine one or the alcohol one. But, uh, you know, whether it be your phone, your tablet, your computer, your TV, setting a cutoff point for technology every day is going to be extremely important. Here's where we're getting into a lot of that self-discipline that I talked about at the start. And this is for a number of reasons. For starters, most of the media we consume on these devices is counterproductive when it comes to winding down for the day. So oddly enough, a lot of us watch TV to wind down, quote unquote, wind down. Um, TV. A lot of the programs on TV, like sure, there are some sitcoms and stuff that can help you, you know, just you don't have to think when you're watching them. And those are great. I'll admit those are great. But at the same time, for every one of those, there's two or three or four uh, shows that people love to watch at night before bed that are based on horror or uh, action or... Drama or you're watching TV news, you know, and and any of those are going to be giving you the opposite experience and it's going to be probably riling you up, uh, you know, teasing your senses and really making actually winding down for the night much more difficult. And at the same time, let's talk about phones because phones are probably the biggest issue. Uh, It's the most readily available device we have at all times. And your phone is where you consume things like social media. Social media is a platform, all of them, that are based on negative feedback. So it's often when you pull up Twitter or pull up Facebook, it's often people shouting back and forth at each other. And the conversations that happen on those platforms tend to elicit some type of response that opposes the calming mood that you're trying to set. So going on social media, again, that's another one, just like a lot of the TV shows or movies that you could be watching at night, not really setting the, the tone that we're looking for. Video games are more of the same. I'm not going to continue to run through these examples, but most people, it seems like, are playing games Uh, Or you're murdering other people or you're playing like a sports game and you lose and you get all pissed off and you throw things at the TV. None of that is productive if we're trying to get to sleep. So uh, that's the emotional, you know, interior thing that's happening. But at the same time, you're staring at screens that emit something called blue light and blue light has been shown to negatively impact your body's ability to secrete melatonin, which is what helps your body actually wind down for sleep. So both emotionally and physiologically, we have regular evening habits uh, that are counterproductive for achieving better sleep. You need to power down. Set a time each night. We keep saying that set a set a set a time, set a time, set a time each night, ideally around, you know, at least two hours before you go to bed, Power things down. Shut down your tech for the night. And instead, like read a book, talk to your family, stretch, meditate. I don't care what you do, but don't be on those devices. Don't be doing things that are counterproductive. Again, don't set up hurdles for yourself that are unnecessary. Do things that will truly help you to wind down, find calmness, and get ready to go to bed. All right, the last piece. Routine part number five, go to sleep. I know. I know, that's groundbreaking. Uh, we finally reached the part that you probably thought we were going to talk about at the beginning, uh, which is when you have the other elements dialed in, getting to sleep is actually easy. You just lay down and you go to bed. Uh, having a pre-bed routine is is a good idea here though. And um, you know simple things like walking upstairs at the same time every night to to go to bed, changing into your uh, PJs, brushing your teeth, laying down, turning off the light, saying goodnight. Maybe you say a prayer. Maybe you read a book in bed. Um, Those type of things just continue to further emphasize the routine that you have and continue to channel your body's energy towards going to sleep every night. Ideally, Adults should be getting somewhere between seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Seems like that range is most beneficial on a regular basis. So if you're in this range, like we talked about a little, uh, a little while ago, you shouldn't need to sleep in until noon on the weekend. So we're going to bed at a set time every night in anticipation of waking up at the same time every morning. Set that bedtime every night. Self-discipline people stick to it every single night and you'll see over time that you know if if you're going to bed at midnight right now and you set that bedtime at 10 p.m and you do it for a week, two weeks, you're gonna find over time that you're bought, you start to feel tired as you approach 10 o'clock at night, uh, you start to feel your eyes getting heavy, you start to yawn. Um, you start to just feel like, hey, I want to go to bed. You have to act on those impulses because it's easy to stay up. It's easy to fight those impulses. It's easy to pull up the phone and be on Twitter and getting angry or watching some you know, horror film on TV. Don't do those things. Listen to your body. If you ingrain these habits, your body is going to transition itself towards sleep over time. And as you wake and sleep at those same times every day, that sleep cycle will just start to become a regular piece to the puzzle every single day. So um, let's finish this out by talking about a sample routine that I promised you at the start here. And uh, we'll go with a 6 a.m. wake-up and a 10 p.m. bedtime. So 6 a.m., you wake up, and that's the time you wake up every single day. Normally, this is dictated by you know when you have to wake up to go to work in the morning. So whenever that is during the week, that's what it's going to be on the weekend for you as well. Uh, around noon, we talked about this before. You're cutting off caffeine, so have have or finish your final caffeinated beverage or supplement around noon each day. 5 p.m. works over. Let's get in some exercise. So hit the gym, hit the trail, whatever mode of exercise you enjoy. Like I said, this is hypothetical. This is just a, a model, something that you can look at and say, hey, how does my routine fit into this? Uh, 6.30 p.m., dinner time, so your workout's over, time to eat dinner, let's get some protein in, post-workout meal, good to go. 8 p.m., this is when we start to power down because we know we're going to bed at 10 p.m., so we have to power down about two hours before that actual bedtime. So bedtime's 10, we're going to start to power down the phone, TV, tablet, computer, no more video games, open a book, or hey, talk to your family. There's a groundbreaking concept. Uh, also at 8 p.m., eliminating alcohol. So if you had any, or if you had any thoughts of it, it's ending at eight. Give, us, give ourselves two hours before we go to bed, no alcohol in that time period. 9.30 p.m., that's when the bedtime routine kicks in. Do all those little things that you have to do before you actually lay your head on the pillow, and that takes you up to 10 p.m. when you're actually going to bed. Lights off, head hits the pillow, close those eyes, go to sleep. You're going to bed at 10 p.m., You know you're waking up at 6, you know you're giving yourself 8 full hours to be in bed and get rest. You're going to wake up that next day, you're going to feel energized, and we're going to keep repeating this process. And you're going to find that it's going to feel very good, you're going to feel more and more productive, and more and more energized. I hope this was helpful, you guys. Uh, I appreciate you listening and tuning in. Like I said, I have an article about this topic on my website. Um, I also have an article on my website about how much does sleep affect training performance. You can check out that article um, as well. And uh, let me know if you have any questions or feedback. Um, And and like I said at the start, you know, coaching is something that I love to do and I love to help people with situations like this. So please feel free to reach out. ChrisGatesFitness.com is where all the information is. Um, Or you can hit me up on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. See ya.